0: The name Cuesta I mean, that name has been around for forever. I mean, you can go back to its founding in, in 1884, really. But the whole idea of it, it's, it's that brand that maybe your grandfather smoked, maybe your father smoked. But for some reason, you don't smoke it. For some reason, you see it there in, in, the, uh, in the cigar lounge with the tobacconist, and you just walk right by it. Oh, who would smoke that? You. You, you silly goose. By the way, called you a silly goose. That's the kind of the kind of guy I am. Tea, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy. We have got the Quest array Centenario Aristocrat.
1: A family walks into a talent agent's
0: office. The Aristocrat. It's a seven and one quarter inch by forty eight, which means it's seven and one quarter inches long. <laughs> 48, by the way, it always makes fingers full laugh. The laugh. Made me laugh this time. The ring gauge is a 48. That's the diameter of the cigar or how thick it is around. Tee-hee. Again, with the laughter, a 64 ring gauge, for example, would be a full one inch around. Connecticut wrapper and Dominican in the binder and filler. Now, this means two weeks in a row we've done a Connecticut wrapper. But I, I went with this because I was trying to find cigars, A, as I always talk about, What is it that we're not paying attention to that we need to be? And B, where are price points of value in this economy? What matters? I think I have found it here. We have just lit this up. It is the classic pale brown, light brown you would get from from a Connecticut. And while this is not smooth, there's bumps and ridges and and all, all sorts of things. You can feel the oil in your hands.
1: Yes, you really do feel it. Now, I've had this question asked of me, and I will ask it of you. So, you've got a Churchill, but it's only uh, you know a forty-eight ring gauge. So, when it's a longer cigar, but the the ring gauge is, it's a smaller ring gauge. Will the the smaller ring gauge have an impact on how long it takes you to smoke the cigar?
0: So, one would argue, just some some basic mathematics. The less actual cigar there is uh, the the faster that one w- would smoke it but again it's really up to you and how you work it are you a puff every 30 seconds 45 seconds are you are you going faster than that you know if you're in cold weather you might find yourself smoking faster because
1: you want to get it done it happens all the time you're not kidding no, right now I've got a uh, setup in my garage where I still have to keep the garage door open when I'm smoking my cigars uh, that's going to change soon. I'm going to put a little uh, air circulation system in the garage. But until then, I've got to keep the garage door open. And so on a, a 45, 50-degree day, man, I am blowing through cigars.
0: Right? It, it, it creates an issue. And by the way, there are a whole, these entire heat recovery kind of systems where you want to bring fresh air into your man cave or your cigar area, whatever it is, but there's a way to condition that With your existing HVAC, there's a way to move that. We should really dig into how people do this and how to coordinate it. You know, a a smoke eater might get rid of odor, but smoke is something different. You're going to use a certain level of fan to be able to get that out. Now you're creating something called negative pressure because you're not getting fresh air into your, your location. In a small enough place, it doesn't really matter. If it's a larger space... It does, and if you want to be able to use it in a spot where you're moving the smoke out so it doesn't bother the rest of the house, you need to be able to get that air in. Otherwise, you're doing exactly, fingers, what you're doing, and everybody's been through it having to leave that garage door open or having to leave that back door open, and then you're wearing four jackets, which is not the most comfortable way to have a cigar.
1: No, it's not, and I've got a really nice infrared heater in my garage, and it's keeping up right now because I haven't been in the garage smoking when it's been less than 45 degrees, but winter is coming. And I really don't want. Saw that once in a television show on yeah. HBO. Yeah, the Larry Sanders show. Right, so, exactly.
0: So, I was uh, going to say Fraggle Rock. Turns out I think that was Showtime. <laughs> I think that was Showtime.
1: Oh, I don't know. I think that's HBO. I thought I remembered the HBO symbol at the beginning before right
0: Fra- Maybe so- it was. Maybe you're right. It's Cuesta Ray, the <laughs> aristocrat, the seven and one quarter inch by 48. You've just started smoking this, fingers, boy. Uh, what are you getting? Wood.
1: Lots and lots of wood and a little bit of pepper. What about you?
0: There is a little bit of pepper on this thing. There is, interestingly enough, a little bit of, of spice that starts off not overwhelming, not going to beat you up, not by any stretch of, of the imagination. Uh, there's, there's a nice little bit of tobacco. Look, I am not expecting to get from this anything that is complex. I'm not looking to be... Blown out of the water. What I'm going to be looking for in this cigar is whether or not there's a level of harshness that takes uh, place going on because I, I want a Connecticut that does give me the smooth. I want a Connecticut that does give me the easy. What's interesting about this being at seven and a quarter, do people really want a seven and one quarter inch
1: Connecticut? Oh, well, I mean, we talk often about how uh, a lot of people, including myself, like to start the morning with a Connecticut. If you know it's only going to be one cigar for you in in a day, maybe you would want a, a Churchill, Connecticut, just to just like okay, well, if I'm going to only have one cigar a day and it's in the morning, I should probably enjoy one. But that's a I would longer. argue that this is your Sunday morning Connecticut,
0: not your Tuesday morning Connecticut, because you've got a, a little more time. But I'll tell you what, it feels great in the hands. I happen to love the forty eight ring gauge. I love it so very very much. It's just outrageously comfortable feels wonderful and fingers Malloy is this in your humidor at give or take ten dollars
1: a stick. We're in the first third, but if it doesn't change, if it even if it's just the same two notes all the way through at that price point, yeah, probably.
0: So that's a weird thing for a lot of people. It doesn't change, it doesn't give you a level of, of growth. Sometimes there are cigars that don't do that. Yeah. Totally fine. Because it's really a question of what it is that you want out of it. If you're pairing this with a coffee, whether you're doing an espresso or you're doing a French press, or you've decided to, you know, cream it up and sweeten it up, maybe you want something that is just giving you the simplicity, the enjoyment, and then the whole package of flavors that you're putting uh, onto your palate. Uh, This is, I think, a nice, simple smoke. It is the kind of thing where you're like, wait a second, I don't know if I want something that big. you know. But if, if you're talking about, well, I take that and I look at that as a value proposition, then it's solid. For me, Quest Array is around. Quest Array exists in in my humidor. I will also tell you it is 150% not my go-to. Not by any stretch of the imagination is Quest Array my go-to. But sometimes, I don't want to spend the money. Even me, and I'm willing. I am... Fingers, am I willing? He's willing. I am very, very willing. Sometimes I don't want to. Sometimes I just want what I want, and I want it to be basic. And if you're working outside, if you're... Golf course cigar, you you want something, it's an early morning, absolutely, it is going to work, for sure.
1: Yeah, you know, you could definitely have this on the golf course, and, you know, it'll get you through the front nine, and also, if it happens to land in the sand trap, it won't break your heart too much because you don't have a lot of money invested in it.
0: Which is exactly why we discuss things for the golf course or after the golf course. There are things you would do on the golf course uh, that... that you got to be willing to lose it because those kinds of things happen. Or if if your fingers, it's throwing everything out of your bag the minute you hook it. Why would I do that
1: when you're a scratch golfer?
0: Do do you hook and you slice? No. Have you ever hooked or sliced? No, right down the center.
1: Is that right? Right down the center. Is that who you are? We've never golfed. Should we golf together? I don't think you'd enjoy it. Yeah,
0: I don't think I'd enjoy it either. I don't think I would. In the slightest. The Cuesta Ray aristocrat we're smoking. We got to get into some legislative updating. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy. it's Eat, Drink, Smoke. Good to be with you. In Pennsylvania, it's just like you see in so many states, an unwillingness to recognize differences between cigars and cigarettes. And then you have this new piece of legislation that they're working on, House Bill 1657 And as described by the Premium Cigar Association, it seeks to prohibit smoking in enclosed public places and places of employment, private clubs, enclosed residential facilities, and certain outdoor public places and places of employment. So what in the world does that do to people who sell cigars and want to smoke cigars? Glenn Loop joins me right now, joins us. He is the Director of State Advocacy for the Premium Cigar uh, Association. Uh, They do the big trade show in in, in Vegas that Fingers and I uh, always attend, premiumcigars.org. Walk me through, just start with Pennsylvania. Walk me through this HB 1657. How did it come about? Where is it at right now?
2: Well, it's a disaster. It's a horrible piece of legislation. It's actually been on the table for quite some time, uh, but it just surfaced all of a sudden. Where it stands right now is that there was a hearing last month before the House Health Committee that it's patron chairs, Representative Frankel. Uh, It got a hearing from pros and cons. Our industry perspective was presented. I'm not sure who cared. Uh, And then this coming Wednesday, there will be a vote of that committee. No more testimony, just a straight line vote. And it's a horrible piece of legislation. There's no exemptions whatsoever for the cigar community. Uh, the target by the representative is clearly casino smoking. That he has been very public in that. So why put in a bill that targets absolutely every single venue? Our mutual friend Rocky Patel has spent over six million dollars to put up a new cigar lounge. It's world class in Pittsburgh. You've got the uh, you've got the amazing cigar lounges in uh, Hamburg, Pennsylvania by Cigars International. You have got the Leaf at Famous's. Uh, location in Eastman. You've got the Ashton Cigar Bar in Philadelphia. You've got some of the most, the world's and the nation's most acclaimed cigar bars and cigar lounges in the country, in Pennsylvania. Uh, our friends at Best Cigar Prices put up a microbrewery restaurant with smoking up in the Poconos, and their air filtration system is so good they said during their testimony that it's attracting non-smokers non-smokers to a cigar bar. And this is the length that our industry has gone to invest in technology and air filtration systems, creating a warm, welcoming environment for people that want to enjoy a cigar. And this legislation would wipe all of them out, plus smoking in in your main street, Pennsylvania cigar shops.
0: And also in Pennsylvania, you know, being in Indianapolis, blend bar cigar right there in Pittsburgh in, in the coppers building. So this affects friends, this affects colleagues, this affects uh, the, the the industry. When you present evidence to a group like this, talk to me about what that evidence looks like.
2: Well, we've clearly presented the public health argument and we've won the public health debate I've said for a long time that the federal proposed federal regulation of this industry accomplished anything, it was that it forced this industry to study itself. And independent public health studies by the Centers for Disease Control and the FDA itself, and independent analysis has proven we are not a p- threat to the public health. So that's number one. Number two is we've proven beyond any doubt and the government studies have proven beyond any doubt that we're not a youth access issue. America's youth don't smoke premium handmade cigars. They're not appealing to them. Our demographic is more like 35 to 65. Uh, so it takes that whole notion of, of youth access out of the equation. So the public health debate, uh, where we have demonstrated clearly, we're not a factor in inhalation, addiction or mortality. It's statistically insignificant and the youth access debate. Knocking those two out of the park are clearly front and center to our debate. Thirdly, is that it that we don't force ourselves upon anybody. Everybody knows what they're getting into when they take a job at a cigar shop and a cigar bar, and everybody knows what they're getting into when they walk into as a patron and a consumer like you and I. So between public choice, adequate warning, winning the public health debate, proving beyond any doubt the demographic uh, interests of, of this industry all go together collectively to say, listen, the government should let adults be adults, whether you're in a casino or a cigar shop or a cigar bar. But the clear intent of this bill was to attack smoking in Pennsylvania casinos. But if that's the case, then why draw absolutely every other element of the industry into the fight?
0: talking to glenn loop he's the director of state advocacy for the premium cigar association PremiumCigar.org. you provide this you present this what is the response you get from legislators in pennsylvania
2: we have not gotten a direct response from the members of the committee we presented before the last public hearing we presented our testimony in writing to the committee we circulated it to each of the committee members I mean, we feel like we've got allies in the legislature. We've got Republican and Democratic allies in the legislature, including the House, which is where the origin of this bill lies. I think we have more allies in the Senate. So we'll see where that part of the political calculus plays out. But for for now, right now, we're hoping that cooler heads will prevail. We're hoping we don't have to broach the subject of exemptions. We hope we, the debate doesn't get that far. But it very well may. And we're not uh, bashful about, you know, talking about four amendments and other parts of the amendment legislative process or when it gets to the Senate, if indeed it gets that far. But we've we've got allies in both parties on this debate and we'll see where the chips fall after the health committee takes their action on Wednesday.
0: It's an extremely important point to note. That uh, the the cigar smoker, the the people who understand that this is a small business operation across the country, um, these are in Republican and Democrat districts. This isn't a party conversation as much as it is ideologically smoking equals bad and the lumping of everything together. Is that what you see in in your work?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. We've got uh, Democrats that represent small mom-and-pop family-owned cigar shops, we've got Republicans that that represent small mom-and-pop family-owned cigar shops, uh, we've got Democrats and Republicans that represent all each of those world-class cigar bars that I mentioned, like, you know, Famous and C.I. and Ashton and Rocky Patel. Um, it's not a partisan issue. It's an ideological issue. It's not a partisan issue. And that's where this industry has helped make its case to those representatives that are on both sides of the aisle. And, and again, all this has happened really over the course of the last decade where this industry was under threat of never before and was compelled to both study itself and organize itself politically in a manner to defend itself against such legislation now and in the future.
0: Now, I can happily report my thanks to Glenn Loop of the Premium Cigar Association that since we had that conversation, cigar bars and lounges were exempted from Pennsylvania's indoor smoking ban. It was a 13 to 11 vote in the House Health Committee. Good to hear. However, what's important here is that the the groups like PCA and Cigar Rights and others were acting proactively to make sure our rights are kept. These organizations do provide value. They're not always perfect, but this stuff matters, and people fighting for our ability to enjoy what we enjoy matters. Fingers, Malloy. Tony Katz? There's a new dating craze that is sweeping the nation.
1: Oh? It is a phenomenon, it's, as reported by the New York Post. We love phenomenon? phenomenon.
0: Phenomenons? Do do, phenomenon. do 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 no, that's phenomenon.
1: It's eat, trick smoke.
0: Um, I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy. It's a phenomenon. Phenomenon. It's a really weird thing that's happening. Is it? Is it? Is it chat rooms? So it's. Is it chat rooms? No. Oh. It, 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 it is uh, not. Um, data shows that women. Okay. That'd be the lady folk. Hmm. They are sick of the pressure to follow traditional relationship timelines. One in three saying they're no longer focused on achieving the societal milestones. So this was done by Bumble. Isn't Bumble one of those sites where you you find somebody just to, you know, hello and goodbye with? Oh, I thought that's where you found true love. Is that where it is? Bumble. I'm pretty sure that's FarmersOnly.com. That takes me. Women are pushing back. Prioritizing finding the right partner instead of rushing to hit outdated goals. Well, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to find the right partner. How are these two things mutually exclusive?
1: I think what maybe the fine folks at Bumble are saying is that women are taking more time to make that decision instead of saying to themselves, well, there's a there's a schedule to all this, and I'm supposed to say... Uh, find a person and get married in my mid-20s and have two kids before i'm 30 and maybe now there's a reevaluation going on with women where they're saying you know what i don't i don't want these social pressures i don't care about these social pressures i want to seek my truth tony that's what i want to
0: punch t- you <laughs> i'm gonna punch you in your truth
1: so help me god
0: Seventy-two percent of women on Bumble are looking for a long-term relationship, but only 23% are actively seeking out marriage as a goal. So now we got to take a step back. You want the long-term relationship, but you don't want to get married. If I if I were to try and find a way to rephrase that in a way that made sense, you want to ensure that the guy is worth marrying. I think this is much more a conversation not of women saying, oh, we don't need to pay attention to those patriarchal goals or anything like that. It is saying guys today are a big, hot mess. And you got to make sure you're with somebody who has their you-know-what together. Because there are a lot of guys, because of how society has engaged in raising men, Mm -hmm. that don't have it together, that are totally uninterested, that much rather be gaming. And I don't mean that in, in some kind of flippant way. I'm saying it as a legitimate reality.
1: That's one way to look at it. Oh, do you have another? Yes. Uh, the ease at which women can meet other men in the social media age, whether it's Bumble or, say, you put a nice picture of yourself on the Instagram, and then all of a sudden you're getting DMs from 50 different men in your town... Uh, maybe yes, but 48 si- of them are married well, and th- super fat. <laughs> there's that. But there are two that are single, and they're, maybe women are saying to themselves, you know, I have so many options out there in in the dating world when they're in their 20s. I don't want to settle down right now. Why would I? Because if I settle down and I still got my Instagram account and I still got X. Ex- and all these other places where I could post photos and then I'm getting, uh, people are, sl- this is what the kids say, sliding into my DMs, then uh, maybe I don't have to get married when I'm 25. I've got options. But doesn't
0: the pursuit of the grass is always greener, doesn't the pursuit of, well, I really like this person, they're really good to me, but there could be someone better.
1: Doesn't that then prevent you from actually being happy? That's what leads you to be 40 and single and never been married because you, grass is always greener and you're always looking for something better. And then all of a sudden you look around and you're like, wow, uh, I haven't found anything better yet. And I'm 40, but I'm not going to subject myself to societal pressures to get married when I'm 25 because I'm seeking my truth, Tony. Tony. If you say my truth again, this
0: this show is over, and you're going to walk with a limp. Oh, so help me God. It's fun. I would rather you handed me a Tootsie Roll than used my truth. Nope, I'm sorry. That's a lie. Use my truth. Don't ever hand me a Tootsie <laughs> Roll.
1: Have you heard of Tootsie Roll's new product called My Truth Tootsie Rolls?
0: There's, there is a real problem. There... Uh, Maybe there's something even larger here. Is the push away, if you will, from the timeline, which, look, I don't think there has to be a timeline. Is that to try and embrace the idea that you can have it all?
1: Maybe. I mean, we've been hearing that for a while, haven't we? I mean, baby, you could smoke that Virginia Slim and have it all. Wasn't that the message in the 70s? The lady could go and she could have her. Virginia Slim and she could have a job and a corporate career and a family at home and you could have it all and now we've been bombarded with these images and now we've got Instagram and that's just totally screwed everything up.
0: First, you're really angry about Instagram. <laughs> Secondly, if you ever wanted to know how old Fingers Malloy is, he is Virginia Slim's old. <laughs> Which I didn't know was actually a, a measure of, of time You've come a long way, baby <laughs> There's something problematic about this, but I I go back to my first point. I think there's something problematic about this regarding men, who are not in any way ready because they've been scared off the thing. I if, if you if you tell guys. That if you ask a girl out, oh, that could be seen as a, uh, a, too aggressive. If if you make the first move, oh, that could be seen as as as, as an assault. It, you you reinforce this and reinforce this and reinforce this, and then they're like, eh, I've got I've got OnlyFans and I, and I've got Fortnite.
1: I'm good. Well, that's true. And I you know I would hear well we would go to conferences and talk to a lot of people. I would hear young women talk about how men. their age level, we're talking five, six years ago, uh, women in their 20s, friends of mine would say, men don't know how to approach me and ask me out on a date and it seems like many of them care more about video games than actually having a relationship maybe you're right maybe men just aren't interested in getting involved for a number of reasons one of them being what what you just mentioned about societal,
0: yeah I think, I think there's a part to that. So if, if you're a woman looking to maybe build that part of your life, you got to be extra cautious. you got to be taking your time. So maybe this is just the natural response. The other side of it is this idea of, of have it all. Allow me, ladies, to help you with this and help anybody with this. There is no such thing. No one has it all.
1: Taylor Swift.
0: Does not have it all. In no way has it all. If you were to talk to her, she would tell you there's something that's missing, something she'd like to have, something that could be better. There's always something, and that part, if you allow that to dominate you, to control you, what happiness do you ever think you're going to find? And that's true, by the way, of, of women and men. How is it possible to find some level of happiness if the answer is always, I should have this, or I should be able to do that, or why aren't I doing this, or... That's a very odd way to think that you're going to find happiness.
1: There's no happiness in that. I think finding happiness is finding happiness with yourself. That's not, and that's not. You're not being flippant. That's that
0: is very, very real. I mean, uh, to strive for things, aspire to things. This is good to want to keep doing that throughout your life. I think has value, but a, a recognition that it can't all come. In a 24-hour period, in a seven-day week, in a 356-day 356, uh, 356 year, 365-day year, much better. Uh,
1: you can't. It just doesn't work that way. Some things just won't be gotten to. I just wanted to throw Taylor Swift's name out there just to Is get that a reaction. Right? Yeah, because a lot of times I listen to her music, and she sings about her truth. I've hated you ever since I met you. But today, today it's going to get
0: really, really abusive. Tea, Drink Smoke. Barrel spirits have figured out how to make weirdo bourbon. I'm not a fan of shtick, Fingers Malloy. I'm not a fan of gimmicky things when it comes to bourbon. And the people who want to do the finishing this and they're adding the staves that, that's not always where I live and breathe. But barrel, barrel bourbon, and we've done a, a few of the barrels in, in our time here with Eat Drink Smoke, they continue to hit it out of the park, and right now, when it comes to barrel, what people are talking about here is the Amburana cask finish series. It's eat, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Amburana, A M B U R A N A. That's a kind of wood comes out of Brazil, and it gives off this kind of vanilla, kind of spicy, a little bit of sweet flavor. This is utilized as a full-on barrel as a way of finishing this Barrel Bourbon Cask Finish Series uh, from a Barrel Bourbon. This Fingers Malloy comes in at 116.42 proof. Anything over 116, 100 proof I should say, gets an applause from Fingers Malloy. Over 116 would be a weird number.
1: You hurt yourself? Yeah, I just hurt myself. I tried to give a little extra enthusiasm on that clap because we're at 116 and i uh, rotator cuff are
0: you the kind of guy who when you sneeze your back goes
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes as a matter of fact <laughs> i am
0: this is a really interesting blend because it's an undisclosed blend of five different bourbons the guys at breaking bourbon did a very nice job breaking this down you've got a five-year-old kentucky bourbon here Then you have from Indiana a 5, a 6, a 7, and a 10-year-old bourbon. Pretty high in the corn content, 71% corn on the mash bill. Remember, bourbon has to be 51% corn. That's the law, people. 21% rye, 4% malted barley. And, uh, you know, looking at this, this actually is, to me, a little more pale than I thought it would be. But maybe I'm looking in the wrong light. I don't know. Yeah, it's. it's All right, because there, I mean, yeah, I guess the the light is everything. Maybe I was just looking at it from the wrong angle. That is a little bit darker. That's a little copper. Yep. Right there is the thing I'd color. I I would give that fingers, Mm -hmm. boy. Nice
1: viscosity to it. It is sticking to the glass.
0: Oh, oh,
1: sweet lord.
0: That nose is beautiful.
1: You know what it smells like, Tony? Christmas. No, it doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't smell like Christmas? It doesn't smell like Christmas. How dare you! doesn't smell
0: like Santa Forgot My Gift again. what jazz for this year? It could be because I'm Jewish. Mazel Tov? It's, it, this nose is wonderful. That nose is wonderful. It, it, is, it is far sweeter than I thought it was going to be. It's interesting you know, we talk about the Ambarana and giving off that that vanilla. I can see that, but it comes across creamier almost like a whipped cream. That's That's what I want to go with a bit on, on 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 the nose there.
1: I'm getting... Okay, the oak. And then I was getting some cinnamon. I think that's
0: accurate. I think you could pick that up on the other side. Is that what you said Christmas?
1: Yes. Because you love it Christmas? Um, and I've got the Christmas spirit flowing through me. Maybe that's what it is. And a little bit of vanilla for me.
0: I think there is a nice little oak undercurrent. I'm still going with that... With that whipped cream, which... Maybe we're saying the same things just in different ways. Sure. Kind of getting to it a, a little bit. Because you know what you want on your whipped cream? A little bit of cinnamon. That's
1: true. That's, that's way, the only way I eat it.
0: That's the way you want it. This is from Barrel Bourbon. They do some excellent, excellent work, people. I, can't, I cannot begin to say it. we've We've done the Armita on the show, which is oh tremendous. The Dovetail, which is one of my all-time favorites. Let's get into this. Fingers Malloy, are you ready for this?
1: Tony, I've been ready for this all week. We start it neat. That's how
0: we do the barrel bourbon, barrel craft spirits. This is the cask finish series, the umburana. We start it neat, move it around the palate, try and get a feel for it. Sometimes you want to take two sips. First one to set the taste buds. Second one to really get into those flavors. Fingers, you are you all right? Ooh,
1: Nelson. First of all, there's a sting on the tongue. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. There's quite a bit of a sting on the tongue. And then that cinnamon's there, baking spice, uh, and uh, that oak uh, on the palate as well. Uh, I Even at 116 proof, Tony, I'm barely getting a gentle warmth in the chest. But that sting is there, and it's real. And it's a combination of the, the, the sting, maybe from the... Uh, You know the the high proof, and then that baking spice that lingers on 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 the tongue. It's nice. You're a happy man. Yeah, I am pretty happy. I'm going in. I'm going in on the barrel bourbon, B
0: A R R E L L barrel bourbon cask finish series. The Amburana is what we're doing right here. Here I go, fingers below. I'm going in,
1: making it happen. He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing what we like to call the Christmas chomp. Mm. The Saginaw Swish. The Louisville Lip. Ha.
0: Oh, Big Red. Oh, that's a lot of cinnamon. Oh, that's freaking delicious. <laughs> Are you nuts? Oh, oh my. First of all, when I say Big Red, I mean the chewing gum. That's exactly what it got. But that is not the finish. The finish almost plays a... a, a, a A touch bitter, just a touch. It is cinnamon. It is citrusy. It is. It has got a, got a thickness like a, like a caramel richness. That finish is a
1: little thinner than I like. I would say more of a crisp finish, but Mm. I.
0: No, the finish started bitter and then was, was thin. And now, as I'm sitting here talking to you, there's a nice fullness. And, and it is. It's, it, it, there's, there's this, I, I can't describe this, this citrus. That's a great, great flavor, the citrus cinnamon. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. I fear putting it on a cube. Yeah. That is, that is a wonderful, wonderful flavor. Right? Citrus, but not necessarily overwhelming orange. Cinnamon, but it settles nicely. And actually, as you're exhaling, you can feel it coming off the tongue a little bit.
1: That's cool. Did that really hit you on the tongue right away? Because it did not pain. like you. No,
0: not like you. I, 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 by the way, no heat center chest at all. Zero. Wow. 116 proof. Not an ounce of heat at all. Definitely felt it on, on the lips and on the tongue at, at, at that first hit but it went away uh, quickly for me.
1: Yeah. I would have expected more, you know, when you're doing 116 proof in, in the chest and I don't want to say a burning going down, but I would expect to hit in the chest more than it did for me. But it definitely, it hits you on the tongue and on the lips uh, and on the palate that, that, that alcohol content is there, but it's not off putting and it's, it's between the alcohol and that cinnamon that really to me hits hits your tongue in a way that right away it's like wow this, this this is something different and i think something special that is a distinct
0: distinct flavor and one that i could learn to very much like now the question before us is is it in our liquor cabinet we will get to pricing Coming up, this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. So as we talk about cigars and, and basically our world, right, the thing we enjoy, and the places we want to enjoy them, and this continual attack that is radically nonsensical, as Glenn Loop, who uh, is the Director of State Advocacy uh, for the Premium Cigar Association, was, was pointing out in Pennsylvania they've got this legislation, H.B. House Bill 1657, which is supposed to go after smoking casinos, which I don't care if they're smoking in in casinos, but the way they've written it, it's not about casinos, it's about everything, everywhere. It's going for this land grab. Although I think casinos should be allowed to have smoking if they want it and luckily, cigar lounges have now been exempted from that legislation. In other states, there are opportunities to grow cigar smoking, like uh, in in Wisconsin, uh, they have Assembly Bill 451 which would uh, allow for the creation for new cigar bars the first time since 2009. And for every good thing, you've got Massachusetts, which is looking at completely rethinking in a very negative way, uh, it seems, uh, the the tax... Situation, it's eat, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is Fingers Molloy. Find everything we do at show.com Glenn Loop is back with us. As I stated, he is the director of state advocacy for the Premium Cigar uh, Association. Uh, let uh, Let's do the good. Wisconsin moving forward in a bill that's endorsed by the Premium Cigar Association to allow cigar lounges. How did it stop allowing cigar lounges in 2009?
2: Well, like a lot of states, it, they adopted a Clean Air Act, and that was really the era when those Clean Air Acts started to take off. Some states wanted to protect their existing cigar shops and cigar bars, wanted to protect them, so they grandfathered them in. And then they put a date in the legislation in various parts of the country and in this spot, this instance, Wisconsin, that said no new establishments could be created if you were, came about after that date. That their respective Clean Air Act was enacted. This legislation, to the real credit of the of the patron, and we've been in touch with with his office, uh, would it's one paragraph. It would remove that one line, removing that date, and allow for new cigar bars to exist in the state of Wisconsin. It's a fabulous piece of legislation. So I called his staff. And I said, you know, really, what was the impetus for for putting in the bill? And he says, well, the representatives a fan of smoking cigars, and he doesn't think there's enough places to go to. And I'm like, I can't argue with logic Perfect. like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Can't argue with that. And there's some great spots in Wisconsin that have been grandfathered in, but there's a market, and there's some places that that are cigar shops that have come into existence after that date. And hopefully this legislation could allow that to be corrected as well. And uh, some traditional cigar and smoke shops could allow the the enjoyment of premium handmade cigars in their their establishment. You brought up Massachusetts. Wholly different situation. You got a collection of legislators there that have introduced legislation that would double the OTP tax on cigars. Now, this legislation squandered, wandered. God Know Where was introduced earlier this year, and then boom, out of the blue a couple months ago, a hearing was scheduled on it, and the patrons of the bill showed up, and we submitted testimony. And but We've got allies on the re- revenue committees in Massachusetts that enjoy cigars that are that are against this legislation, uh, both sides of the aisle again, and it, it shows that just demonstrates that this industry is getting its message across. That we're not going to take this stuff laying down. That small businesses, family-owned businesses in their respective districts will show up for committee hearings. We had testimony prepared by, by the owner of L.J. Peretti, one of the oldest cigar shops in America, to go up on the hill. He's three blocks from the Capitol in Boston to give testimony. Uh, this stuff just is not going to be taken laying down anymore.
0: Let me, let me go over a couple things. First, OTP.
2: Uh,
0: OTP refers to other tobacco other products. Tobacco products. <laughs> just want to make sure if you take a look at the massachusetts website mass.gov cigarette tobacco and vaping excise tax from the department of revenue follow this the honest cigar and smoking tobacco are subject to a state excise tax of 40% of the wholesale price. Now, I'm putting you on the spot a little, Glenn, talking to Glenn <laughs> Loop. He is the director of state advocacy for the Premium Cigar Association. And before that, I met him when he was running Cigar Rights of America, of which I am a lifetime member. Describe what that means. Walk somebody through the numbers of a 40% tax of the wholesale price that exists right
2: now in Massachusetts. Whoa. Well, 40% is is among the highest in the country right there. But this legislation would take it to 80. Now, let's keep in mind, in the northeastern United States, for example, New York, which right now there's a cigar tax cap bill pending in the New York legislature in Albany that would cap their, provide a 50-cent cap on premium handmade cigars in New York. Right now, they have a 75%. OTP tax, other tobacco products tax. So let's think about that. New York, of all places, 75%. Massachusetts says, oh, what a brilliant idea. Let's take ours to 80. Well, without if you take it to 80 without any form of a, of a cap on premium cigars, you're destroying the market. You're destroying the small family owned cigar shops that, that are throughout the great Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Um, it would be among the highest in the entire United States, especially for those states that don't have a cap. There are states with higher rates, like Washington State and Vermont, uh, but those, those states have a cap. And they've recognized the virtue of protecting just a small, small legion of, of premium handmade cigar shops and lounges in their respective states. So Massachusetts have just set a horrible, horrible national precedent by by taking on this type of a tax increase.
0: And that, that cap says, all right, the percentage stays, but it can be no more than this number. My beloved and Indiana did right. a cap and savagely um, went to a dollar. Now, it's better than the 24% that it was, but it's a ridiculously high number. But you brought it up, and we discussed this a lot. I, I want to hear it from you. The difference between premium cigars... And other tobacco products, how do you describe that?
2: Well it's pretty simple. Other tobacco products is vape, e-cigarettes, uh, pipe tobacco, loose leaf tobacco, uh, smokeless tobacco like snooze type of uh, products, Copenhagen type of products. Uh, so everything that is not a cigarette is uh, it falls into the category, category of OTP. And by the way, on the Indiana bill, there was, there's going to be a diligent effort to get that cap reduced in the 2024 session of the Indiana legislature. Likewise, there's going to be cap legislation, I believe, introduced in Georgia, Kentucky, and Nebraska as well to join the legion of 17 other states that have brilliantly, <laughs> into the virtue of, of their local c- cigar shops, already enacted caps. We're proving that a cap on premium cigar taxation is a normal approach to tax policy in the states. The key is not getting wrapped up in everything else that has the, uh, the uh, characterized attributes of other tobacco products. Right. Uh, legislators all too often try to have a one-size-fits-all, similar to what the FDA tried to do with regulation, one-size-fits-all. Well, you can't tax everybody the same because not everybody is the same. And and the states are recognizing that. And the fact that 17 states already have enacted a cap in one form or another, and there's going to be another probably half dozen in 2024 taking up such legislation, it proves the virtue of what we're proposing when those types of bills come across.
0: My thanks to Glenn Loop from the Premium Cigar Association, uh, premiumcigars.org. Uh, I think that's the website. I think I got that right. Uh, it's Sometimes the conversation about the legislation and the taxes is like, oh, dear Lord, does it never end? And that's just the point. It never ends. If you want to be able to enjoy what it is you want to enjoy, there will be people out there who want to tell you why you can't enjoy it, and you have to be able to have a rebuttal. You have to be organized. You have to be strong. And, and it's it's cigars. It's it's bourbon. It's a series of things. People get it in their heads that somehow they can tell you how to live. And what what Fingers and I argue is, uh no, no no. You you're a grown up. You're an adult. You get to choose how you live. Me, I want to live with a cigar in one hand and a and a rye in the other, and maybe maybe a steak on the plate. Eat, drink, smoke your cigar, bourbon, foodie extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy. This barrel bourbon from Barrelcraft Spirits, the Ambarana. This thing is outrageously good. Outrageously good. I'm about to move it to a rock, Fingers Malloy to see how it is. You're going to just add a little bit of water. Five different bourbons make this blend, and it's finished in this what's known as an Ambarana cask. The whole thing is finished. I think it took them a year of research and development, I was reading the stories, to really get it right, to understand what they needed. So you do the bourbon, it has to be an American oak, Right, That has to make the bourbon, and then they finish it in this ambarana. It has added the cinnamon. It has added, for me, a little bit of whipped cream. For you, a bit of nutmeg. The flavor, a, a, for me, big red, like the gum, caramel underneath. Absolutely wonderful, Fingers boy. Yeah,
1: moving. and I added a couple of drops of cool water, and I, like you, am very reluctant because I really liked it neat. And I'm worried that, you know, for me, I also had some baking spice. I'm worried we may get an intensification of, of that and some of the, the cinnamon uh, will go away. Well, I put it on the Big Rock. Okay. Uh, I did it 1st go I'm, I'm going to
0: go in. The Barrel Bourbon Cask Finish Series is
1: what it's called. The Ambarana. Here I go. On the Big Rock. He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing what we like to call the Kentucky Chew. Oh, look at you. You got it right. Yeah. What do you know? Oh, much hotter, <laughs> oh, oh,
0: oh. much hotter, a little creamier, much hotter. Ooh, I think I liked it more neat. It's not bad on the rock. Oh, it's ah, <laughs> he oh, much more heat on the rock. Remember, ice was gonna open it up. Also, anytime you're adding water, you're reducing the proof. This comes at a
1: 116 proof right there. Put your nose in that. All right, I'm putting my nose in that. Oh, oh, your drink? Yes, in my drink. I, I got more caramel on that. And, and a bit smoky. Just oh, that's like, delicious. A couple drops of cool water completely
0: changed the nose. That's crazy. That's awesome. There he goes. He's doing the barrel bourbon cask finish series, the Umbarana right there with just a little bit of water. Still hitting you with that spice on the tongue, huh?
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you something. For me, that cinnamon actually went away a little bit, and I got more of that citrus that you were talking about. Which was which was prominent and, and lovely. I would do it neat.
0: Is this in your liquor cabinet, Fingers Malloy? for I have found a couple
1: different prices uh, on this, between 80 and $90 a bottle. Got to tell you something. That kind of money for me is a splurge bottle. I know a lot of times when we're talking cigars and bourbon, you're like, money, shmoney. Right, right. I'll make it rain right now. Yes. For me, $80 to $90 is a splurge bottle. In 2023, this would be a splurge bottle for me. Yes, I would I would have this in my liquor cabinet.
0: It's outrageously good. And I'm not saying it's bad on the rock. I'm saying I enjoyed it better neat. And what you're going to enjoy, well, that's up to you. This is nice work. I cannot say enough good things about barrel. Cannot say enough good things. We've got it paired with the Quest Array. This is the Centenario Aristocrat, seven and a quarter by 48. I'm really still in the second third of this cigar. Connecticut wrapper, Dominican in the binder and the filler. 10 bucks a stick, seven and a quarter inches long. I dig it, it's an easy smoke. It hasn't changed for me at all. Not a not an ounce. Woody, Woody, Woody. Yep. All that a bit dry. Uh, I shouldn't say a bit dry. A drier smoke. Nice. You can pair this with the bourbon. You can pair it with the rye. You can pair it with coffee.
1: coffee.
0: It's gonna work for you
1: at that price nice. point. A few in my in my uh, humidor. What about you? Yeah, uh, uh,
0: uh, absolutely, absolutely. The only thing about this one is the fact that it's seven and a quarters inches long. So is that is that more Connecticut wrapper than I want? So it really depends on the moment that I have to enjoy it and what I, what I'm pairing it with. Fingers, Moy. Uh, I, I, I did want to get into this uh, steak story a, a, as well. And, and before anything, I, I know uh, we haven't dug much into some of the uh, economic stories and, 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 and political stories as, as of late, hitting a couple things. Uh, but just as a, a quick matter of economics, you and I have discussed that the shopping season may be very skewed i i want to be wrong and i will be thrilled to be wrong but i don't think i'm wrong man the the retail sales don't look good already Best Buy cutting its forecast. Lowe's cutting its forecast. Dick's Sporting Goods actually went up a little bit, but they had cut it so much from all the retail theft they were dealing with. The only people in apparel, uh, interestingly, doing well, Abercrombie and Fitch. That's
1: where I get all my clothing. Is it? Yes. Do
0: you walk in shirtless?
1: Yes. Good for you. And I walk out feeling preppy.
0: Uh, They are, for whatever reason, like totally destroying expectations. But I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it at all and interest rates have come down a little bit the 10-year treasuries come down these are all good good things i want this for people gas prices in 11 states under three dollars a gallon good stuff
1: i'm sorry i still don't feel good i'll tell you something else and this is purely anecdotal i know this uh i went to the casino the other day did you really yes, on a you never do that right on a sunday afternoon and i couldn't believe how dead it was now maybe there were things going on uh, but it was after you know we're here in central indiana the colts weren't playing at the time and i could not get over on it usually the the casino that i happen to go to in central indiana is pretty packed on a saturday or a sunday afternoon and it was dead i was like ooh this this isn't good it was good for me though cuz i won but it, it still <laughs> wasn't good looking around there
0: But I take the other side of this that makes no sense. According to TSA, they expect to screen 30 million passengers. People are flying. They're spending the money. They're doing the thing. And is that it? They have to go see uh, Grandma, Grandpa. They got to do that. So they can't. They can't bring themselves to, to be at the casino. They can't buy that TV this year.
1: Well, you've pointed it out on several occasions. The restaurants still seem packed. I can't
0: do that math for the life of me. I have no idea how people are doing it. Uh, I, did my, I did my last DoorDash purchase. I think it was Grubhub. The fees and everything else. I'm like, okay, I, I promised. I said we were going to do this. We're doing this. I'm out. I am out. I cannot bring myself to waste that money. If I'm going to waste that money, it's going to be on another cigar. There, there's, there's a service fee, a delivery fee, and a tip. That 20-some-odd dollars... Uh, no, 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 no. The delivery is not worth it. It's not, and I want to know when that changes. When does that turn? Or do people see that as uh, a, a convenience and a, and a luxury that's more valuable than the other things?
1: People got conditioned during COVID to get a decent meal, staying at home and having it delivered to them.
0: I thought you got a condition
1: to baking bread. Are people still baking bread? <laughs> well, you can still get flour. At the grocery store, so at least if there, uh, you know, there was a flour shortage, there isn't anymore.
0: Yeah, get your groceries delivered to you as well.
1: Yes, what an age we live in.
0: It's it is a thing. So so the holidays are are, are here. Thanksgiving has come and gone. I hope it worked out well for everybody, uh, and it wasn't too in, in, insane. We have a couple things coming up. Uh, we've got some book signings that are going to be happening in the central Indiana area. Uh, we will bring that next week, as well as we will have our cigar and bourbon picks for 2023, our Cigar of the Year and our Bourbon of the Year. Fingers moy has mentioned that
1: the barrel, the Umbarana, which we are drinking right now, could be on his list. Yeah, absolutely. For a splurge bottle, I think it it's fantastic. Uh, 116 proof doesn't play that way in the chest uh, and when it hits you and the flavor profile is wonderful as for the
0: quest array I'm gonna say right now it is not gonna be on my list but the the, the aristocrat which is what just which is what this is thank you fingers seven and a quarter uh, by 48 this is a nice easy basic smoke that'll work anytime.
1: A family walks into a talent agent's office. The aristocrats. Oh. Uh, you,
0: sh- you look the joke up. Just don't do it in front of your kids. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Find everything at
1: EatDrinksmokeshow.com. This is Eat Drink Smoke. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter at go eat drink smoke. On Facebook, Facebook.com slash eat drink smoke. And Instagram at drink Smoke Podcast.